selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to do we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify's the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash audioboom, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash audioboom. This is Sherm Radio in partnership with Timber Media, podcasters for India Inc. Hello and welcome to episode 8 of Unabashed Candid Conversations on All Things Talent. In this podcast, we have open, honest and unapologetic conversations about the emergent realities of work, worker and the workplace. I have with me, I'm not going to call him usual suspect anymore, Abhijit Bhadari, coach, talent management advisor and an author. I, yeah, I, think I should celebrate because I've been promoted that I'm not the <laughs> usual suspect is that, uh, you know, unsuspecting uh, person. Uh, yeah, so from suspect, you've moved to a convict, is it? I completely. <laughs> I am now going to whatever I say today will come from full conviction. Okay, all right. So, therefore, <laughs> Wonderful. I, so, uh, you know, I was uh, intrigued by something that I read recently that uh, how businesses are pivoting. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was uh, reading about people going for virtual marathons. Uh, and, you know, and this is something that, let's say, if there is a very well-known marathon which is being organized, which has historically gathers thousands of people who are coming together. And then how do you sort of do that? when people cannot run in proximity. You know, it's a phenomenal way in which they have pivoted and they are, of course, not making as much money uh, as they did before. But, you know, at the same time, they are really doing something which is pretty unique. Yeah, so even movie halls, you know. So I think, when did you last go to a hall to watch a movie? My God, this was, I think, in March before the lockdown started. Just before um, the lockdown. Yeah, so I now, know. you know, that's another thing which uh, is a business which is going into a pivot. I mean, uh, you have had a scenario where, uh, you know, people were worrying about the movie halls, were worrying about getting enough people into the cinema halls but now they have a double whammy because you know many of the exhibitors are not releasing the movies I mean the James Bond movie No Time to Die is now getting postponed to 2021 
Right. So in case you were waiting to watch, and it some now. are uh, some are uh, releasing on the OTT platforms. Yes, and, uh, yes. I and mean, Amitabh Bachchan movies and yeah. many others. I mean, they have others, released right. on OTTs yeah. only. So, but um, while you spoke about virtual marathons, um, I actually got reminded of another news item that had that I read, and this was about uh, you know so, sort of zobbing balls that were created for uh, yoga practitioners. Hmm. Uh, all these sanitized um, you know little uh, bubbles um, inside which people could practice yoga. So. Um, I, I do think that there are the different um, ways people are thinking about pivoting, so to say, um, and of course, new models are getting discovered. Uh, but when you talk about virtual marathons, you know, what do you think? I mean, I'm, I'm sure after um, you know this whole situation subsided, uh, people will go back to how things used to be. Or do you see this uh, phenomenon, you know, sticking around for some time? I, I think it is going to be a, a hybrid model. So I don't think it's ever going to be a either or. It's okay. going to be a bit like e-books. You know, yeah. yeah, something that you've been saying in each of our episodes. Yeah, I, I know. That's why it's going to be like that. I mean, some people will not stop buying paperbacks, but I think there is going to be an enormous demand for ebooks. I find that I've started reading much more. I've just downloaded a phenomenal book, which I'm so enjoying reading. It is Colin Meyer's book called Prosperity, which really talks about how the value is now getting created from intangible sources, which is, you know, just such a powerful idea that I love. So I'm reading that. So ebooks, yes. And there is another, uh, you know, person who used to run a uh, adventure program, which was for kids called In Me. What they used to do is take these uh, children from schools, uh, you know, final years of school, uh, take them for these camps to different parts of the country. And in this whole process of living away from, uh, you know, the parents cooking their own meals, pitching their own tent, many yeah. of them, mm-hmm. urban kids have never had this kind of an experience. And so these guys actually uh, pivoted this entire business because, you know, many children are today not allowed to go out by themselves for obvious, uh, you know, health and safety reasons. So they've actually pivoted uh, and created what they call bubble tourism, you know, so mm. you can be in your own sanitized bubble with your own family. Yeah, similar to that yoga program yeah. that I'm talking about. Yeah, so that's uh, so I think the opportunity to pivot, mm-hmm. uh, you know, is there for every business. So right. what, what in, uh, uh, you know, let me ask you this question. So what in human resources uh, would see the largest opportunity for a pivot? What would you pick? Well, I think most of us pivoted into virtual online learning, didn't we? I mean, we didn't even have time to think about it. All of our in-person engagements uh, overnight shifted to, um, you know, the virtual space. So I think for us, the first pivot happened there. Um, Of course, our conference, which used to be, uh, you know, an in-person huge event, pivoted into uh, being a virtual conference. It's, of course, happening in December once again. Um, so I think um, in December is it I should block my calendar 9th, 10th and 11th of December. 9th, 10th and 11th of December. 11th December. Terrific. Yeah, I'm going to block my calendar for that. But yeah, conference is another thing uh, which is getting reinvented. I also think that, uh, you know, what should people do? Because a lot of um, businesses are not hiring right now or they are changing their workforce mix, somewhat outsourced, uh, you know, frozen hiring, etc. Many of these changes are happening. So what do you think, uh, you know, the talent acquisition team should be doing when uh, there is no hiring um, because uh, well isn't that the time to skill upskill or reskill yeah upskill but in what what kind of upskill uh, would you do I mean I can you know one of the things if I was in talent acquisition one of the first things I would do is actually evaluate this whole process and sort of say that what if we did 
you know, something which is, uh, you know, just entirely in the virtual space and something which is quasi-virtual, you know, some of the roles which are there, which ones really need to be done entirely virtually and it Mm -hmm. won't get impacted in terms of choice or, uh, you know, something else. What would you uh, look at, you know? So I'm really thinking I would use the time to audit and upskill based on uh, that. and no, absolutely. And when you say, when you talk about hiring freeze, which means that there were some open requisitions, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so if we could actually look at, uh, you know, the skills that are required for those roles uh, and look at, uh, you know, um, those roles and uh, the responsibilities, um, you know, that uh, a person needs to uh, uh, maybe look at skilling uh, people uh, in those areas, right? So let's say if, um, you know, there is an engineer who works on a particular programming language uh, and the requisition that was open is for another programming language we can have this person, um, this um, engineer A, um, get reskilled in another programming language, right? So that's something that can be enabled, uh, you know, from within. So my sense is looking at what's uh, available right now in terms of talent uh, and the kind of, uh, you know, uh, positions that were open and the kind of skills that they required. Maybe look at a reskilling model that, you know, works in that manner. What do you think? And and I would just add to that and say, Neha, that uh, if the talent acquisition team were to also look at this opportunity to create, uh, you know, career paths, you know, get to know the internal talent pool much better. And one of the examples of that uh, that comes to my mind is uh, uh, in one of the companies where I was working for, acquired a company where, you know, we had taken on uh, a couple of people who were oil and uh, natural gas experts um, and they, they this particular company had been acquired. Now, when I uh, sort of went and spoke to those people, one of the interesting things that I learned was, uh, you know, these people had enormous amount of project management experience. Mm-hmm. And yet we were, um, you know, my employer was paying another consulting company to come in and project manage uh, the work that these people were going to do. And these people were frustrated because they said, you know, did somebody even ask me that, you know, you may have had 20 years of experience in project management. Uh, Is that a role you would like to apply for? And I always thought that, wow, I mean, what a miss. This would have been an opportunity to A, uh, create the new kind of a, uh, you know, career opportunity for this guy. But also I think it would give the uh, acquired company the opportunity to say that, okay, you guys are precious. You are not just somebody who Absolutely. has to and yeah. sort of give up your yeah. previous yeah. life. Yeah. But I think that's an enormous opportunity when you acquire another company to really understand. So I would create, uh, you know, a separate mandate for the talent acquisition team to be able to know when there is a merger and acquisition to be able to actually invest their time and energy to learn about, uh, you know, how do you keep career paths more creatively designed? No, I absolutely agree. And I think in that process, when you are investing in your people, you're also getting their loyalty in return, right? So when I feel that I'm being invested in, I'm being developed, my sense of belongingness, uh, you know, to the organization also increases, right? So I think it's a win-win situation for both uh, the employee and the organization. And perhaps now is the time for uh, talent acquisition folks to also start thinking in, uh, you know, the learning and development direction. Yeah, I mean, I also think that, uh, you know, these cannot really exist in a vacuum because, you know, the gap that you uh, have when you hire someone is very often we assume that we will train that person. Some of the things are not trainable, uh, in the, at least in the short run. You know, so when you are looking at that, so I would really let the 
talent acquisition team uh, rethink their sourcing strategy you know so really Absolutely. sort of start to say that how do we change the profile of the organization in terms of its uh, marketing efforts of brand engagement how do you convey uh, the actual brand of the organization not just for what it is but what are its aspirations for the future can that entire process of hiring become a pull strategy rather than a push strategy yeah. that i connect out with people etc instead of that how do we ensure that the ratio of jobs which are filled uh, through pull you know people are acquiring uh, you know applying uh, right. that's a new metric that they can create and you know the opportunity to create similar metrics yeah. what is one such metric that you think they should focus on and no, absolutely i mean i think um, quality of hire is something that we have always been uh, you know reporting on and measuring right as a as a crucial metric for um, you know talent acquisition but i also see this new phenomena of really catching your workforce young and then watching them grow and a lot of these um, you know edtech companies uh, you know have now come up with this model where you know they um, they get these bunch of people um, and they train them on the skills that a particular company requires and the company has that contract with the uh, you know with the tech firm that they will um, after uh, say a period of 3 months when the training is over they will absorb them in the company so in that sense even before uh, you know the job is ready your um, talent is getting ready and someone is uh, you know doing that job for you so um, you know of course there's this uh, whole bit of outsourcing that can be done there where uh, you know we can um, also prepare our future workforce well in advance uh, plus i think that you know when the talent- talent acquisition team gets active and involved in the communities you know so for example each of these uh, professions where you hire from many of these experts they actually have their expert uh, community where they discuss problems they you know find creative solutions they all actually you can also figure out who are the people who are very very good in training people because they'll say i've created a short video look at this i mean so looking at people not just from the roles that uh, you know you put in the job description in other case i'm not a great believer in job descriptions because that worked well when there was a static world because the mm. job pretty much remained static for 2 or 3 years and in many yeah. places at least in couple of years back also this used to be one of the favorite things that you used to give to summer trainees yeah update the job descriptions and some right. who has no idea about your business is actually yeah. writing all these uh, you know job descriptions by interviewing business managers it's right. just such a lousy idea to do that <laughs> uh, but to my mind it's still an indicative document right initially you you don't need that um, yes but if your businesses are going to change you know when you create a job description document i think what really happens is that you are also setting expectations that this is really pretty much the ambit you know you are really telling the person that this job is expected to be a square or a rectangle the possibility of creating a rhombus out of that job gets mm. restricted at least in the mind of the people you have hired because then you know so this is the whole process when you do a more open ended version of the job description you are right. actually in a position to create many more opportunities for people so i would really think that creating that flexibility and adaptability mm. one of the first things would be to you know remove this baby pool kind of a concept let the person swim in the deep because right, so which means you know the whole idea of realistic job reviews uh, that still holds good but maybe jds are going to go away is that what you're saying i i definitely think jds are going to go away because as businesses change quite rapidly i mean those businesses which don't change those businesses will go away so hmm. you know if, if your jds are so static chances are that your business is going to disappear Right. So, but I don't think you look at a JD uh, you know once you've gotten hired right I so don't know what's the point of having that JD 
What I is think, the I, I think you know initially, and I'm going back to my experiences. Okay, whenever I got a call, uh, you know, from a recruiter from some company, I would first ask for that uh, job description because I want to see what what does the fine print say. You know, what what thinking has gone into putting that uh, you know description together. Uh, of course, there we all know that the role is going to be uh, more fluid than what appears on that piece of paper. Um, but I think it's a good indication to say, okay, this is what this role entails, uh, and during. hiring uh, of course sometimes you know your um, hiring manager would tell you how the role um, you know would evolve over time and what it really means uh, but to my mind uh, you know I, you know at the time of um, uh, the recruitment process at the time of hiring uh, that may still serve um, its purpose no oh what gosh, do you think no i would not ever <laughs> sort of do that because you know think about it yeah it makes sense to know that let's say if you are hiring somebody for human resources in some companies administration is part of uh, the hr role in some places it's not so it may be right. worth defining those in some places security is part of the uh, admin function yeah. or it's a separate function and reports to hr i mean there are multiple combinations yes right. those kind of broad brush things because uh, yeah. people may have a preference for one versus the other but having said that uh, you know uh, or it may also be that you might say it sort of uh, is responsible for this particular geography at the moment one right. year later it's going to be involved in you know xyz geographies as well so those yeah. kind of things are there except for the fact that in today's day and age because the business changes so dramatically i think the opportunity for somebody to stay static and be confined to that really disappears who i think it also creates a sense of complacency i know what the job requires and i know what i need to do and therefore those are the people who get hired you're really building in the whole process of non adaptability there is a word like yeah, that yeah the joke goes around no it's not written in my jb i'm not paid for this Exactly. Uh, you know, that that is a typical example of where a JD gets misused. It's not written by JD, so I'm not going to do it. So you get people who are like that, and then people who kind of you know that's precisely where I think JDs create silos and. organizations so i would really think that uh, yeah. i would question that practice from talent acquisition so uh, now neha today is my turn to ask you what are some of the three different <laughs> realities what are the three bright ideas you've got from this conversation well i've got quite a few but i also want to ask our uh, listeners if they are doing something different uh, when it comes to hiring um, how they have pivoted um, you know if and if at all right now they're experiencing hiring freeze then what are some um, you know alternatives they are looking at are they looking at skilling reskilling at all do tell us about that and of course jd is what's your view do we have any uh, recruiters uh, as listeners who can tell us about how uh, the new age hiring is really looking like and perhaps that that will be our emergent reality then abhijit what say i just so love that phrase emergent reality this is something i have learned from you definitely i have never used this word until i started talking to you so well i see i i teach you something as well and i'm feeling so proud about it's, it's that all the time you know one reason i do this podcast is because then it helps me to learn you know things that i would have never learned otherwise but all right so i'm doing some reverse mentoring here is it No, no. You are mentoring uh, Gen Z as a millennial. <laughs> that's only expected. Right. That's what you like to believe. Perfect. On that note, uh, let's close uh, today's episode. Thank you, everyone, for listening. If you'd like to reach us, do drop us a query on shermindia at sherm dot org. You can also follow us on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. Um, of course, Abhijit is available on all of these social platforms as well. Abhijit, once again, your email address, please. Yeah, my email address is uh, abhijitbhaduri. 
at live.com A-B-H-I-J-I-T B-H-A-D-U-R-I at live.com If you want to reach me on Twitter, Instagram or LinkedIn it's the same thing just look for Abhijit Bhaduri A-B-H-I-J-I-T B-H-A-D-U-R-I and I am looking forward to hearing from you Absolutely so thank you so much once again we'll catch you for another Candid Conversation very soon until next time stay unabashed Alright bye This is Sherm Radio in partnership with Timber Media, podcasters for India Inc. Selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to do we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash audioboom, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash audioboom. Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice and Molina makes it easy. So let's talk about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. Visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today.